God shall provide for you because all silver and gold belong to him together with the cattle in a thousand hills God is able to provide God will give you the power to make wealth but first of all he wants you to be a worshiper God will give you land God will give you houses God will give you vineyards but he wants you first of all to become a worshiper God will bless your children God will build for you anything that you want God will bring your vision to fulfillment but he wants you first of all to be a worshiper Let's turn together to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 10. 1 Samuel chapter 10, I want to um, share with you about rethinking the anointing. Rethinking the anointing. 1 Samuel chapter 10, we will read from verse 1 to verse 6. The Bible says, Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his head and kissed him and said, is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance? When you have departed from me today, you will find two men by Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin at Zelzah, and they will say to you, the donkeys which you went to look for have been found. And now your father has ceased caring about the donkeys and is worrying about you, saying, what shall I do about my son? Verse 3 says, Then you shall go on forward from there and come to the Terembith tree of Tabor. There three men going up to God at Bethel will meet you, one carrying three goats, another carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying a skin of wine. Verse 4 says, And they will greet you, and they will give you two loaves of bread, which you shall receive from their hands. And verse 5 says, after that you shall come to the hill of God where the Philistine garrison is. And it will happen when you have come there to the city that you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place with a stringed instrument, a tambourine, a flute, a harp before them, and they will be prophesying. Verse 6 says, Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. Lord, bless the preaching of your word and receive all glory and honor. In Jesus' name I pray and believe. Amen. I want to share with you about rethinking the anointing. Because um, we are living in a generation now that has assigned the anointing only for preachers, only to preachers and to, you know, worship leaders, people who do ministry. People that have begun to ignore the power that God has given to us to be able to assist us in order to do the things that we do in life in excellence with the supernatural hand of God in assistance for us. The Bible says that in verse 1 that Samuel was anointing Saul. In those days, it is the prophet that used to anoint a person. He was being anointed to become a king. Nowadays, it is the Holy Spirit that anoints people. 
It is the Holy Spirit that uh, uh, anoints you with divine empowerment. But I, what I want to say is this, that the Bible is full of the stories of many people who were not preachers, who were not prophets, but they were anointed by God. What I want you to know today is that you can be anointed in your line of duty. You can be an anointed doctor. You can be an anointed nurse. You can be an anointed secretary. You can be an anointed businessman. It is not only preachers and worship leaders that are anointed. I don't know if you are aware that the Bible is full of stories of people that were anointed and they were not preachers. Like Abraham, for example, he was the father of faith. Abraham was, a, he was prophetic, but he was not a preacher. You don't see Abraham holding crusades everywhere, winning people to the Lord, but he was the father of faith. Isaac was anointed, the greatest farmer that ever lived, who planted in a drought and harvested a hundredfold. Jacob, his son, was also anointed. Jacob was, in today's life, he was an equivalent of a broker. Of a broker, a wheeler dealer. You deal with him and suddenly some things that belong to you now belong to him. You don't know what happened, but it's legal. <laughs> but he was anointed by God. What I'm trying to tell you is that God can anoint your hustle. Yeah. God can anoint your hustle. So that you don't have to wake up and go to work alone. To sweat it out there alone. God has released the anointing over his people to be able to assist them. Are you aware that, uh, that Joshua was not a preacher? Joshua was a soldier, the greatest soldier ever, who never lost a single battle. We need anointed soldiers who can subdue the Al-Shabaab. Oh, yes. Are you aware that Samson was not a preacher? Samson was a fighter. Yeah, like Tyson Fury. Like Tyson Fury. I love what he did to Deontay Wilder. Because Wilder said that it was going to be his God against the God of Fury. And Fury said, I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And Wilder said, I believe in spirits. And he said, it's your God against my God. And oh my God, God anointed Fury to beat down that devil worshiper. And the guy was beaten like you can't believe. I know you don't watch boxing. I, I know. I know you just watch worship. Worship. <laughs> Let me tell you because me, I watch. Me, I watch. That guy was beaten like a baby. He was bleeding from the ears, from the nose, from the mouth, and from the eyes. I have never watched a boxing match where somebody was bleeding from, from every hole in the face. Because he insulted Jesus. Yeah, I told my son, wait and see what people, what happens to people who insult Jesus. The guy was beaten properly. And in the next fight, I hope he is also beaten again. Until he realizes that Jesus is Lord. Are you aware Jesus can anoint you to beat someone? Samson was a fighter. He was an anointed fighter. When the spirit of the Lord came upon Samson, he did not pick up uh, he did not pick up a microphone. He looked for somebody's neck to break. Yeah. So you can also be anointed in your line of duty. You can also be anointed in the work that you do. So today I want you to know that there is an anointing being released here. 
It is not for preachers only. It is for every child of God. If you're a businessman, you will be blessed. You will be anointed to be like Abraham, a tycoon rich in silver, gold, and cattle. If you are a farmer, you will be anointed like Isaac. Oh my God, do you want the anointing? I want to show you so that I can give you interest so that you can look for the anointing. Because some of you stopped looking for the anointing because you thought the anointing is for the bishop only. The bishop has his anointing to oversee us and to oversee the lives of all his sons and their members. But you also need an anointing to make money so that you can support the TV program. Oh yeah, you need an anointing. And in Nairobi today, if you are not anointed, you can't make money. Life is becoming hard. Things are becoming thick. But for the anointed children of God, the Lord shall open a door every day. The Lord shall make way for you every day. If you believe it, somebody say amen. amen. Now, you see now verse 2. Samuel began to tell the things that will happen to him when the anointing happens to him, comes upon him. He tells him, when you have departed from me today, you will find two men at Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin at Zalza. They will tell you the donkeys which you went to look for have been found. Now your father has ceased caring about the donkeys, is worrying about you, saying, what shall I do about my... The first thing that the anointing does for you is that it connects you with people. The anointing attracts people of the like caliber like you. It will attract people to you. Some of you have been chasing people. You want to be given somebody's phone number and they are still not even answering your call. You get anointed, they will look for you. Get anointed in your line of duty, they will look for you. He was told you will find two men at Rachel's tomb. They will give you good news. They will give you a good story. They will give you proper information. They will tell you the donkeys that you came to look for, they have been found. Your father has, and donkeys were very important in those days. They were like a Mercedes Benz today. They were an important means of transport. There was a time in Israel when there was only one donkey in the days of Nehemiah, and that donkey was given to Nehemiah only. It is only today that Kenyans despise donkeys. There was a time donkeys were important. That's why Jesus was given a donkey to ride on into Jerusalem. It was an equivalent of Mercedes S500. So you just don't think that to lose three donkeys, ah, ah, pundatatu too. Why? It was three Mercedes. So he was told, they have been found. He met people that were giving him good information, that were giving him encouragement, that were giving him good words. May the Lord give you people who shall speak good words to you. May you hear that the donkeys you are looking for have been found. May you hear that the tender you have been looking for has been found. May you hear the customers that you have been looking for, they have been found. May you hear that the loan you have been looking for has been found. May you hear that what brought you to Nairobi has been found. Somebody say amen. 
the anointing will bring to you that which you came here to look for. And therefore I prophesy to you, if you shall receive the anointing, you shall not come out of Nairobi empty-handed. The Lord shall put a harvest in your hands. The Lord shall give you results. Somebody say amen. amen. The other thing, verse 3, he was told in verse 3, then you shall go on forward. Why? Because the anointing is a progressive force. You cannot be anointed and be going backwards. The anointing will push you forward. If you are a preacher, get ready for your ministry to rise. If you are a business person, get ready for your business to rise. Because the anointing will push you forward. Somebody say amen. amen. Forward ever, backward never. The anointing pushes people forward. The anointing is progressive. It brings development. If you are anointed and, and, and if people have been despising you, you know one day when I finished Form 4, things were thick. <laughs> things were thick. And you know you, we stayed and you know things were not going very right. Life was hard. And you could see other people that we went to school with, that we went to school with, and now they are... You know, they are moving forward until you begin to feel ashamed to meet people because people will ask you, what are you doing nowadays? <laughs> and you don't know what to answer. I remember one day I was walking in town and I saw another guy that we went to school with and he looked successful and he was coming this way. So I pretended that I am tying my shoes so that it, so I could see his legs coming when he passed. Even me, because I don't want to answer the question, what am I doing? But let me tell you something. After I finished school and I gave my life to Christ and I came to the house of the Lord and the Lord anointed me and my life began to move forward. Let me tell you, I am not afraid to meet anyone. Somebody say amen. I am not afraid to meet anyone because if you talk about America, even me, I can talk about. If you talk about aeroplanes, even me, I can talk about them. If you talk about connections, even me, I can talk. If you ask me what I am doing with myself, I have a whole paragraph that I can tell you. May the anointing move you forward. Amen. Somebody say amen. You shall go on forward from there and come to the Terembith tree of Tabor. There are three men. Look, he is meeting other people. The anointing is causing him to meet other people. Look at the type of people that the anointing chooses for you. There are three men going up. The anointing does not choose for you people that are going down. The anointing does not connect you with people that are doing, going down. The anointing connects you with people that are going up. Somebody say amen. amen. The anointing will connect you with people that are going up. People that are going up in society. People that are going up in ministry. People that are going up in business. People that are going up in knowledge and understanding. People that are going up. That is your portion. It is not people that are eating mugoka and sitting in the base there in the estate chewing things like goats. You are connected with people that are going up in the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. amen. 
Even you, you will begin to go up. By this time next year, you will have gone up. Your finances will have gone up. Your business will have gone up. Your ministry will have gone up. Somebody say amen. Actually, some of us, one year from now, you'll not be able to recognize us because of the work of the anointing, because of how far the anointing will have pushed you. If that is you, let me hear you say amen. amen. Three men going up to God at Bethel. Now, the anointing does not connect you with three men going up through corruption. The anointing knows how to choose. So that it is not everyone that is going up that, that God wants you to connect with. Some people are going up using forces of darkness. Some people are going up using altars of the devil. That person, the anointing will not connect you with that one. But you see these people that are going up to God at Bethel, at the house of God. These are the people that God wants to connect you with. Receive new connections in the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. Look at what these people are doing. They will meet you. One is carrying three goats, another carrying three loaves of bread, another carrying a skin of wine. These people that are going up, they are not empty. They are carrying. They are carrying. They are people of substance. People that can add value. Because they are carrying, they are not empty debes. They are not empty debes. They are people of substance. They are carrying. Some of them are carrying medical knowledge. Some of them are carrying uh, financial knowledge. Some of them, they have something they can give you. They have something that can add value in your life. And those are the people we want to be connected with. Those are the people we want to be connected with because they add value to our lives. One day, I was going to preach in Uko Ukambadi. And so I gave a lift to a university professor. I gave a lift to a university professor. Then we were going together with him to preach. No, after we came back, now when we were coming back, he, began, he was impressed by the preaching. So he was telling me, eh, since you went to House of Grace, eh, umendelea. Somebody say Amen. Because I connected myself with the right man. Somebody say amen. amen. Because I, correct, I connected myself with the right person. There are four university professors. And you know a university professor has no need to flatter you. Yeah. But a university will flatter you for what? When he speaks, he knows what he is speaking. So if he says, I have moved forward, actually I have moved forward because I have been connected to the right people. Somebody say amen. amen. Thank you very much, Bishop, for receiving me to be a partner with you. When I walk around Uko Machakos, I... <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> People that are carrying, people that are carrying, people that can add value. May the anointing here today add value into your life. Bring people that will add value to your life. Not people that will minus you. Not people that will bring you down. Not people that will stagnate you. Look at verse 4. You see how beautiful. 
I, yani you know, I want you to love the anointing so that you can begin coming for morning glory. Yeah. Because some of you, you don't come because you don't know uh, uh, how it will benefit you. And they will greet you and give you two loaves of bread which you shall receive from their hands. You see, the anointing will cause people to bless you. The anointing will speak to people. And these people will bless you without you necessarily having to beg, without you necessarily having to borrow. People will hear from God and stretch out their hands to facilitate your journey. And Saul was told they will give you out of the things they will be carrying. They will give you two loaves of bread which you shall receive from their hands. They will give you in order to facilitate your journey. They will have heard from God. Let me tell you something. Do you know it is possible for your boss to hear from God and give you a promotion? Do you know it is possible for your boss to hear from God and give you a salary increment? Do you know it is possible for someone to hear from God and award you a tender? Do you know it is possible? Somebody say amen. amen. It is possible. God talks to people. God talks to people. One day I went to preach in another country, but I had a, a debt. It was not a very big debt. But in my stage at that time, it was shocking me. I had a debt of 260000 And so I prayed to God and I was asking God, oh my God, oh my God. These people all the time text messages. All the time they are calling me. And they are calling me and because I am a pastor, they are using scriptures to condemn me. They are using scriptures. They are telling me, you know a pastor is supposed to be a good example. You know a pastor should not stay with people's money for so long. Eh? A pastor is pays very well. Other people can refuse to pay. Other people can default. But you know a man of God. A man of God. So I was feeling bad. God told me you go, go and preach. I will talk to someone there and he will, and they will bless you. So I went. So I went there and that pastor said we do evening meetings every day, every day in the evening and I was teaching about the Holy Spirit every day. The first week, the second week, like that. Then now, when I finish preaching, I come from the pulpit here and I come down. You know there, when you have finished preaching now. People don't go home. They eat in the church. Eh? They eat. So when I'm coming down, there was another lady. She was like 70 years old. She was like 70 years old. So she would call me, Pastor, Patrick, come on, Patrick. Come, come and take a photo with me. Come and sit here with me every day when I finish preaching. Patrick, come on, Patrick. Come and sit here with me, Patrick. She's, she, 70 years, man. 70 Every day for one week. Every day the other week. I began to wonder. I So I asked the pastor. I asked the pastor. This lady who keeps calling me all the time I finish preaching. And you remember, every day text messages are coming. So, <laughs> so I asked. This lady who keeps on calling me all the time to take photos with her. Who is she? He told me, well, that one is a multimillionaire. I asked, what do you mean? <laughs> he told me she is a major investor in the transport industry. Oh, and she is increasing her shares this month by 45%. 
I knew in my heart. When he was telling me that, I had a voice in my head telling me, this is the person I told you. <laughs> so from there onwards, when I finished preaching, I did not wait for her to call me. I brought myself. I brought myself. I brought one day after bringing myself. <laughs> we were eating. Then she told me, Pastor, God is telling me to give you money. I asked her, How much? <laughs> she told me, 3,000 American dollars. I told her, Obey the Lord. <laughs> You see, God had told her to bless me. May God tell someone to bless you. May God tell someone to lift you up. May God speak to someone to meet your need. So she told me, tomorrow I will bring. So tomorrow, tomorrow the meeting began. I'm looking around, I can't see her. I'm wondering, when I began preaching, she walked in. My brother, I preached. That day, hey, even the Lord was there. So when we finished, I brought myself again. Then she told me, Pastor, give me your Bible. So I pushed my Bible. She looks like this and like this to make sure that her children are not seeing. She removed $3,000 from her handbag. She put inside my Bible. Then she pushed to me. She told me. I opened my Bible. I saw green 100 notes inside there. I removed my phone. The people that were sending me text messages on WhatsApp, even me, I sent them a message. I told them, Nitalipa Allah. Let me tell you something. The next day I put money for them, they, they got it. Let me tell you, even you, you shall send an SMS back. Hey, even you, you shall answer the people that have been quarreling you because the anointing shall provide. Somebody say amen. amen. Another guy told me, Pastor, every time you preach, you like to talk about money. Is it because you love money? Not, not that, uh, that I love, but also, you know, but you know, <laughs> the reason why is because when you speak about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes. When you speak about the anointing, the anointing comes. When you speak about deliverance, deliverance comes. And when you speak about money, money also comes. So I release a supernatural financial miracle upon every one of you because the anointing for money is in this place this morning in the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. He was told they shall give you two loaves of bread and when they give you, you shall receive. The problem with many black people, they don't know how to receive. You feel guilty to receive. You feel guilty. Even sometimes people come here to the office to, to visit us. And there is a whole thermos of tea there. And a cake that you, you know you can't finish all of them. 
Sometimes you are watching your blood sugar. <laughs> so you tell someone you can have this cake. They tell you, ah, but see, I'm fine, I'm fine. I'm fine, don't worry, I'm fine, I'm fine. And you can see that his lips are white. <laughs> so you, you can just know, yeah, he is feeling difficult, he has a struggle with receiving. Problem with many black people is that they have a problem with receiving. Because when we were growing up, we were taught by our parents, when you meet with someone, they give you something, don't take, you will be bewitched. If you go to somebody's house, they give you something to eat, don't eat. So we have been taught culturally to fear receiving. And yet God is telling Saul, when they give you, receive. Receive. Ask God to give you the anointing to receive. Yeah. One young man, he went to visit his classmate. When he entered their house, it was in Mombasa. He entered the house, he found the whole family on the dining table. And people were eating. They were eating sausages, they were eating meat, they were eating vegetables and fruits and chapatis and rice. Every manner of food was there. And the family was around the table and they were eating and everybody's eating. And the father of this classmate of his asked, uh, who are you? He said, me, I am in the same class with your son. I was coming to see him so that we can make some discussions. Then the father said, as you can see, he's eating. Let him finish eating, then you can have your time together. Then the father told this young man, please join us and eat together with us. The, man, the young boy said, ah, <laughs> I'm okay, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. So the family continued eating. And him, he's seated there on the side. The family continued eating and they continued eating. Then the father felt guilty again. He told this young man, luckily this is not good. Even before God, it is not good that we are eating and you, you are seated there and you are not eating. Please join us and eat. The young boy said, ah, no, I'm okay. I'm okay, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay. They continued eating. When they were about to finish, the father said, I but we have not done well. We have eaten a lot of food, and you are seated there without eating. Just, Basi, just taste. Onja, onja tu, usikule, onja. The young boy said, okay, sawa, nita onja. Alionja chapoine. <laughs> Alionja chapoine. The boy was hungry to death. He had just a problem with receiving. He just had a problem with receiving. When he was told to taste, he tasted four chapatis. Four. I hope you are not here and you are like that boy. That you are here and you have a problem with receiving. Because if you, are a problem, if you have a problem with receiving, you will not be able to do the will of God for this church in 2020. We want people that have received because we still also want to build. Yeah. Ama. Yeah. You have to go out there and receive in large measures and bring your tithe. Don't send your tithe to America. You bring your tithe here. You know there was a time when we were growing up. By the way, this is, it was not in my notes. Eh? I don't know why. There was a time when we were growing up. People felt that if you're sending your tithe to, uh, to Wisconsin, 
you have a greater revelation because your local church pastor does not have the enough anointing to prosper you. You don't have a revelation. Your tithe is for your local church. You don't, take, you don't send your, your tithe to Nigeria. Eh? I'm a bishop. These people will throw shoes at me. <laughs> you don't send your tithe to South Africa. Your tithe is for your local church. Somebody say amen. Because it is your tithe that pushes the church to be able to function. Let me tell you, one guy was sending tithes to America there, to Sijui, Britain, Sijui to where? To where? Let me tell you, one day his father died. And the prophet that he used to send money to, there in Nigeria, Sijui, where? He could not come to officiate that funeral. He wanted the same, same pastors that he has been depriving of tithe to come. When you are sick in the hospital, it is us that you want to see us in the hospital. How do we get to you if you are sending your, your tithe to China? <laughs> How do we get to you? You, you are, you are, eh? Amen. Amen. Let me go back to my scripture. <laughs> you need to receive because we need to do the work of God here. Somebody say amen. 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 Verse 5. Verse 5. Ah! Then he told him, After that, you shall come to the hill of God where the Philistine garrison is. You shall. He was told that at the hill of God, you know the hill of God, that the sign that will tell you you have arrived at the hill of God is the Philistine garrison, is the presence of the Philistine army. What does that tell you? He is telling you that the closer you come to God, the more the activities of the enemy increase. The closer you come to the base of the activities of the enemies, therefore, the enemy will begin to attack you. The enemy will try to divert your attention. The enemy will try to discourage you. He was told when you come to the hill of God, the first thing you will find in the hill of God is the Philistine garrison. Therefore, the people who do not know the things of God, when they come to the destiny of God and then they are attacked because the Philistine garrison is there, they run away. They forsake the work of God. They forsake the calling of God because they don't know, even when you run away, where you go, when you come close to the destiny of God, you'll find another Philistine garrison. Attacks are indicators that you have come close to God. When you find that the enemy now is hating on you, he is looking for opportunities to attack you day and night. Let me tell you something. You have come to the hill of God where there is the Philistine garrison. Don't be discouraged. Don't give up. Don't lose hope. Don't leave the church. Stick in there. That is the order of the anointing and that is the way of life of those that are anointed. People that are anointed are not afraid to be gossiped because we know that is our daily bread. 
People that are anointed are not afraid to be hated for no reason. Because we know that is our daily bread. Why is it our daily bread? Because we have come to the hill of God and the Philistine garrison is there. So the Philistines must work. They must act. Therefore, when they insult you today, tomorrow you wake up and come back to work. They oppress you today, tomorrow you wake up and come back to church. You don't leave church, you don't leave the work of God because you have been attacked, you are attacked because of here. And look at what he is told. And it will happen when you come there to the city that you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place with a stringed instrument, a tambourine, a flute, a harp before them, and they will be prophesying. He is being told, there in the hill of God, where there is a Philistine garrison, where you are getting discouraged, where you are being attacked and wounded, there are others. There are others that have been attacked like you. They have been insulted like you. But they did not run away. They are there. They are coming down with stringed instruments and tambourines. They are worshippers of God. Here where it says they will be prophesying, the word prophesying in the Old Testament was used to mean speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues. So there is a group of worshippers. There is a group of prayerful people who are also in the hill of God. People that have been attacked just like you. People that were discouraged just like you, but they did not give up. They stayed in the hill of God. May you stay in the hill of God. May you stay in the house of God. May discouragement not make you to leave the church. Somebody say amen. amen. And he's being given the formula of what made these people to survive in the hill of God. They are carrying stringed instruments, tambourines, flutes, and harps, which means they are worshippers. Sindio. And then they are prophesying, which means they are men of prayer. Now he is being told, in the hill of God, if you will survive in the hill of God, where there is the Philistine garrison, you must be a worshipper of God. You must be a man of prayer. You must be a woman of prayer. You must not be someone who depends on only one service on Sunday to pray. You must find time. You must avail time for yourself to talk to God, to pray to God. Many times, every day, every day you must have a program. If you don't have that program, this Philistine garrison will take you out. It will take you out. But if you can do what these people do, they are worshippers. They have instruments of music and they are prayerful people. You will survive in the hill of God. May God give you the spirit of worship. May God give you a prayer mantle that you will call upon your, the, the name of the Lord every day without getting tired. Somebody say amen. Let us finish. Verse 6. Verse 6. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you will prophesy with them and you will be turned into another man. God told him that when you meet this group of worshippers, when you meet this group of prayerful people, the Spirit of the Lord 
will come upon you. You will begin to pray together with them. You will worship together with them. And you shall be changed. You shall no longer be the local boy who came to look for Samuel without having an agenda. You shall be changed. What shall you be changed to be? You shall be changed to be a worshiper like them. A prayerful person like them. And this is where Saul failed. Because God rejected Saul. Because Saul failed here. Here is where Saul failed. Saul met three groups of people. The first group of people he met was in, I think was in verse 2. The people that gave him good news. God told him, receive their good news and go on forward. God did not tell him to be changed to be like them. Then he met another group of people that was carrying. They had an abundance. They gave him two loaves of bread. He was told receive and go on forward. He was not told to be changed to be like them. When he came to verse 6, that is where he is to, in verse 5, he meets this group of prophets that are worshippers and prayerful people. Then in verse 6, he is told, you shall be changed to be like these ones. Do you know what God was telling Saul? God was telling Saul, I want a king over Israel, but I want a king who is a worshipper. I want a king who is a prayerful person. That's where Saul failed. Saul did not, Saul, if you read now the story where this happened, he went and all these things happened and he was filled with the spirit. He prophesied with these people. He worshipped with these people, but he did not maintain this lifestyle. Saul changed. Saul changed. Saul had something that impressed him. He was impressed by the second group of people that was carrying. Because they came with goats. They came with bread. They came with wine. He was impressed by the fact that they were wealthy. That they were carrying. So Saul did not change to be like the people that are worshippers and prayerful people. He changed himself to be like the people that were carrying. So one day God told Saul, go to Amalek destroy everything. You shall kill every man, every woman, every child, every goat, every cow, everything that is in Amalek, you shall kill it because I want to revenge the way Amalek attacked Israel when Israel was coming from Egypt. Saul went into Amalek. He killed the men. He killed the women. He killed the children. He killed all the animals that were thin, but the ones that were fat and good looking, he carried Saul was impressed by the second group of people that was carrying. He wanted to carry like them. He wanted to be like those ones. But God wanted him to be like the group that is in verse 5. Is that not how many of us are? How we are impressed when we meet people that are carrying? Ama? How we are impressed when we meet people that are carrying? That you can even leave your husband. Because you met a man that is now carrying. Yeah. 
you can change anything. Anything nowadays here in Nairobi, anything can happen. A people can do anything as long as you meet them and you are caring. You can change any person. You can have your way because you are caring. Because we are in a society that admires people only because of what they drive. Only because of where they live. Only because of what they have in their pockets. Because they are caring, you can do anything. Even what God has told you not to do. Just because you met someone that was caring. That was Saul. Saul wanted to carry. Then Samuel met him and told him. And asked him. Have you done what God has told you to do? He said, yes, I have done the commandment of God. I have fulfilled everything that God told me to do. Samuel asked him, and what is this bleating of animals that I am hearing behind you? What are these things I am hearing in the spiritual world that are behind you? Have you compromised somewhere? The man said, oh, we went there and we saw some fat animals and we carried because we wanted to come to the house of God and give. He wanted to do what the second group of people did, that they were carrying and they gave him. Amma, that is where God rejected Saul. Because Saul did not turn himself into what God had told him he wanted him to be. So God, so Samuel told Saul, you have acted like a fool. The Lord has rejected you today from being king over Israel. The Lord has rejected you and he has taken away the kingdom and he has given it to someone else. And when Samuel turned to go, Saul was desperate. He, he got a hold of his coat to try and convince him not to leave him. The coat of the man of God, of God got torn and fell away and remained in the hands of Saul. And the man of God told Saul, the way my coat has been torn in your hands is the same way that God has torn the kingdom away from you and he has given it to another. God went to Bethlehem in the house of Jesse and found another king. Another king who was a worshiper. <laughs> this king, because he did what God wanted, God wanted a king who was a worshiper, who was a prayerful person. Because this boy turned himself into the type of king that God wanted for Israel. God loved him. The Bible says that God said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after God's own heart, who will fulfill the purposes of God for his generation. And yet the things that David did were more terrible than the things that Saul did. David was weaker than Saul. David was a sinner. Saul was much better. Saul never took anybody's wife. Saul never killed anybody's husband. And yet this boy who took somebody's wife and killed their husband, God says, I have found this boy to be a man after my own heart and I have loved him. Why? Because God wanted a king that was a worshiper. So he wrote the book of Psalms, that boy. The book of Psalms, Psalms is a book of songs. Those are songs. We are the ones who read them like scripture. Then they used to sing them as worship. 
when they were seeking after God. That is the type of person that God was looking for. Today, under this anointing, there is something that God wants you to become. Yeah. There is something that God wants you to become. There is something that God wants you to be changed into. And that's something that God wants you to become. God wants you to become a worshiper of God. God wants you to become a prayerful person. The anointing will lead you into the worship of God. Because the Bible says, and Jesus said, a time is coming and now is when the true worshipers of God shall worship him in spirit and in truth. I have come to tell you today that God is looking for worshipers. Here in House of Grace, Nairobi West, God is looking for worshipers. God is looking for men of prayer. God is looking for people that he shall empower people that shall have fellowship with him and when you become that person God shall provide for your needs according to his riches in glory God shall provide for you because all silver and gold belong to him together with the cattle in a thousand hills God is able to provide God will give you the power to make wealth but first of all he wants you to be a worshiper God will give you land. God will give you houses. God will give you vineyards. But he wants you first of all to become a worshiper. God will bless your children. God will build for you anything that you want. God will bring your vision to fulfillment. But he wants you first of all to be a worshiper. May you receive the anointing of God in the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. If you believe it, give the Lord a hand clap. Open.